Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Another edition of the JNU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick, and we've got a lot of news to cover today. Yeah, remember when you said you were going to change up that intro and then you did the exact same thing after a solid minute of trying out new things? Yeah, I think I'll have to, next time it'll just be, hello, Duke Dogs. Kind of like I that. don't like that. I'm going to veto that <laughs> one real quick. Well, we'll figure it out. But we've got a ton to talk about. JMU is moving to the SEC, which is exciting news. We have a little scoop there. No, but they're going to play in the spring, and the CAA came out with kind of a boring little schedule idea that we're going to rant about. Yeah, I mean, with that being said, let's just jump right on into it, I guess. Let's just dive into the deep end, boys. All right, so I like how I said boys when it's just us. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, so they announced – if we want to break it down what it was, they announced um, that they're going to have a spring CAA schedule, which didn't come as a surprise. But what came as a surprise was the breakdown of it, of it being um, six conference games, which is a very interesting number because it's six. Um, I, I had a reasoning, but no matter what the reason. Besides that. And then you can schedule up to two non-conference games. And then whoever gets the automatic bid is going to be whoever finishes the season with the best overall CAA record. Um, There is going to be no championship game and it's going to be split up between the North and the South. The North is going to consist of Albany, Villanova, New Hampshire, Maine, Stony Brook, and Rhode Island. The South division is going to consist of James Madison, uh, go Dukes, um, Towson, Elon, Richmond, Delaware, and William and Mary. I believe I got six and six there. And you might be asking, how are they going to play six conference games when it's regionalized and there's only five opponents they can face? There will be a home and home with a team within your region. Um, we're not sure who is going to be yet, and we're not sure how they're going to pick. I would think they might just do who's closest. So they might try to do like whatever eliminates travel the most. 
So you would think Towson and Delaware would be a pair, and JMU is either going to have Richmond, William and Mary, or Elon, depending on how they want to pair those four teams in terms of of travel. And I haven't looked at the distances. I want to say William, Mary, and Elon would be the shortest to Elon, but it could be wrong, um, and that would make Richmond logical. But they could also do it the other way. Yeah, I mean, I think JMU gets a really favorable draw too with these regions. The South is bad, yeah. The North is stacked. I mean, if we're basing it off of last season, Albany is coming in hot with the undercuffler. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Albany might be a surprise up in the North region. Villanova's good year in and year out. New Hampshire is normally a fairly solid program. Um, and then you look down Maine. And then at the bottom, you have Stony Brook and Rhode Island, both pretty solid. Well, maybe not Rhode Island. I mean, they were in all their games, but they lost all their games. Stony Brook started the season really well, mm-hmm. but then fell off heavily near the end. They finished two and six last season in conference. But I mean, Albany, Villanova, New Hampshire make up 75% of the top four last season. And then if you go to the top six, only two schools from the South region are in it. The rest are North. And so then that makes the, the South very weak in comparison. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause I don't think, I think the CAA had kind of a weird announcement where they didn't even officially reveal the divisions, even though it's it's pretty evident based on geographical yeah. who's the south, who's the north. And the thing that's so interesting is like they're not having the conference championship game, so they're just doing overall schedule. Which you said like the north is hard, the south like JMU has a perfect path, you can think, uh, to win the CAA title and get the automatic bid into the the smaller postseason field this year. So it seems like it sets up kind of nicely for the Dukes. Here's a question for you. JMU isn't going to be, at least in my opinion, the same powerhouse they necessarily were going to be if they played in the fall. Um, and there, there was going to be a drop-off in talent from even last season to this season when it comes to the fall. But now they've lost Amos. They've lost Atariwa. Um, we still don't know who their quarterback is. They could potentially lose more players as this, this goes on. They might have opt-outs. Who knows what happens? Do you see them in this week south, is what we're predicting, to run the table and go 6-0 and in CAA? Or do you see maybe a tie at 5-1 and one with maybe a north team? Or how do you see it shaking out? I could see them losing to Towson or Delaware. I think those are going to be decent teams. But then you look at the William & Mary, Rich Elon, you think they would also get one of those teams twice. I don't really think any of those teams are going to be that good. Um, so I would kind of expect JMU to go, I guess, what, 4-0 against those three teams because you, you figure they get one of them twice. And then if they can go 1-1 one and one against Towson and Delaware, I think that they're they're probably in the clear. But I don't think 6-0 is out of the question. I still think they're they're pretty loaded. I mean, you look at – they like to run the ball, and they've got, what, like five good running backs? Hey, but the um... – the overdone the overdone analogy is it a stable of horses back there like <laughs> yeah so many back there but you know who I think might actually kind of fall off and we'll get into this later on in the podcast of kind of what we expect out of the CAA I think Towson might be the easy dub here in all of this I mean they lost Joe they lost Tom Flacco they lost Shane Simpson yep they added someone. And I think, did he leave right away? Or he was going to go to Towson and then he left? I don't remember this person that you're speaking. I think they were going to get the 
Weber State quarterback, and he ended up bailing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jay Constantine. But I can't, I mean. Yeah, because he's at like. Um, he, went, he went to Washington State, it looks like. Yeah, I, yeah, he was going to. I don't think it was ever official he was going to Towson. I think it was like sources say he's. I think he put it in like his bio or something weird, though. Oh, so yeah, I think that... he was looking at Towson for a fall season. And then I think he was like, wait, I'm not going to play a fall season. So might as well try and go FBS. And then, and, yeah. Yeah, that's actually – Who is also not going to have a fall season, but they are now. I forgot, that, I forgot that Towson lost so many people. I think Towson's going to be a weak link, and which makes the South even weaker. But do you like this announcement? What are your feelings without a championship game? What's your feelings about it only being six conference games and then two not up to? You don't have to have two non-conference games, according to the release, up to two non-conference games. Uh, feelings on it, like, dislike, hate, love, um, melancholy – I like some parts of it. I think that... <laughs> That's a really long boss going into it. <laughs> no, sorry. Mine was chopping out. <laughs> um, I mean, I like some parts of it. I think the NCAA, if I'm not mistaken, is limiting just eight regular season games in the spring, which is cool. And I'm fine with that, having sort of the shortened season going into the postseason so that maybe you can still turn around um, and play a fall season closer to full. Um, I think the issue is I would like a conference championship game, especially if you're doing North and South especially if you're doing North and South. I think if you're a North team, you're going to be kind of ticked off um, because it feels like JMU is going to get this kind of not a free pass, but an easier path than you would get in the North. I think that's frustrating. And Kurt Signetti kind of put it best because I think some of the CA teams toward the bottom were, were worried that they wouldn't get a full eight games um, if they had a conference championship game because that would count as a game. And you obviously can only have two of the teams in your league um, although they could have done, you know how the Big Ten is doing it, where at the end of the season they're having the number one team from each division play, then the number two from each division play, the number three, the number four, the number five, the number six, what, number seven. So they're matching up all the standings. I don't know why why the CAA couldn't do that north and south as the final game of the season. Do you mean kind of like have six conference games, one non-con, and then a, it would be like a like a – championship game at the end but one versus two one versus one in the north and south two versus two north is that what you mean like five conference games just because of the eight that are allowed so you do probably five conference games but then your last conference game you're putting one versus one two versus two got it got it i like yeah i think they probably don't want to do it because of maybe a lack of testing resources and then you look at the travel between north and south which is what they're clearly trying to avoid so i get that but man i think a conference championship game made sense this season i thought it would have been innovative and sort of taken advantage of the unusual time and i also think it would have been good for the conference to have a weekend of like it's two best teams playing for the title but i don't know what are your thoughts i heard i read someone on twitter they said um maybe ca is trying to because there's so there's a lot less at large bids so maybe the ca is trying to sneak in an at large an extra one um by doing this without a championship game say jmu goes six and oh and it's a dominant six and oh and for some for somehow some way another south team is five and one and their one loss is to that dominant jmu team jmu team maybe they can sneak in that second south team as an out at large and same goes for the same goes for the north or maybe you have two six and oh teams in the north and the south and somehow they do a weird tiebreaker of maybe points scored and points allowed and the point, maybe something like that. And um, you somehow sneak in the one that didn't make it as an at-large. 
I don't know how much that holds because I think a championship game could have done the same if it's two six and O teams going into it and the loser shows up and has a really great game but barely loses. I think that I think that adds more to your resume than playing six conference games and going six and O and then losing out on a point differential tiebreaker or however they're going to do the tiebreaker. Um, so yeah, I wish there was a championship game. I do like the six games. I understand that they capped it at eight. Um, makes sense. I, the, th- the only problem I have is the championship game. Everything else with this regionalizing it North versus South, it almost breaks perfectly to be North versus South. Everything about that part of it makes sense. And is, is, is a really smart idea by the CAA. I just wish there was a championship game because there's going to be a tie at the end, whether it's two, six and O teams, two, five and one teams, maybe even three. And if it comes down to, I think point differential is the first one that comes to my mind of how they do this tiebreaker. If it comes down to point differential or something like that, that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, that that would be really frustrating if it was a point differential thing in the end, it would just be nice to see them do something creative because there's 16 teams in the playoffs, 11 automatic qualifiers. Like you're still going to get probably two or three teams in. If you're the CAA, I imagine the, the five additional at-large spots are going to come mostly from uh, Missouri Valley, Big Sky, and the Colonial Athletic Association, right? You would think those are kind of the, the big three. So I think they're going to they're gonna get a lot of those teams, plus your automatic qualifier. I don't know. A conference championship game would have been cool, but I get, I get what they're doing. It just feels like it sets up. Um, now you got to put yourself in position for an at-large, and I think Jamie is going to schedule two cupcake non-conferences trying to pick up home wins. And then, and then you go through a kind of a cupcake <laughs> conference schedule. It sounds like, right. So I don't know, Jamie might go eight and and then enter the playoffs without being tested. The, the real first test of the season, if you're looking at last year's standings, I'm going to throw out Towson because they lost their top offensive performers. So you go down, it's Elon. Who's like, that's not a test. And I, I'm pretty sure Davis Cheek isn't there anymore. He feels like he's been around for 20 years. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he rolled out again for his sixth senior season. But I don't think Davis Cheek is there anymore. And so they've lost it. Maybe Richmond, maybe Delaware, maybe William and Mary under Mike London for year two. Like maybe they have some huge jump. But like the problem is Richmond, Richmond and William, like. This South is easy. South is easy. So maybe maybe JMU goes out and they schedule a big time non conference game, which would be a lot of fun. Um, but to me, to me, I think they're going to schedule two fluff games, win them both, and then sort of move into the season. But I mean, I guess we'll see. It just it seems a little. I guess I'm I'm also disappointed because like some of the Power Five leagues and everything are obviously playing. Um, it looks like they're going to get through a pretty solid portion of their schedule, even with issues. So it's it's just a reminder of where JMU is and the lack of testing capacity. And I think they made the right decision to go to the spring, but not going to lie and say it doesn't hurt to know that the team's not, not able to play when other teams are and they're going for this weird, tiny spring season. Yeah. I, I think FCS made the, or the FCS schools that decided to wait until the spring made the right decision. I think it's kind of, I understand how the power five schools and group of five schools can play. Um, like Conference USA and Sunbelt as the group of fives. But, like, yeah, FCS could not have kept up with, like, I think some of the players are getting tested three to four times a week. Like, 
there's just not the funds for that at the FCS level. Um, I think it's kind of funny seeing these FCS schools play like their three game schedules or like in the case of North Dakota state, like their fall Trey Lance showcase um, as ESPN's calling it. Uh, that's just funny to see though. Yeah, no, it's, it basically feels like a Trey Lance before he gets drafted game. <laughs> what if Trey Lance goes out and throws like two picks and only passes for like a hundred? Yeah, like what <laughs> yeah. if he just like lays an egg? Where they, I think he'll throw for like a lot and he showcases the running. I think he's going to be, be just fine. I do think they'll lose the game though. I just feel like the physical toll your body goes through after playing JMU. I don't know if the – Bison will be recovered in their first game back, and they got a few lucky bounces in that. I hate that take. Good take. Um, Very good take. So, going from the CAA announcement itself, we've kind of given our reactions. Who do you see coming out of the North? Who do you see coming out of the South? Uh I think JMU is, is the clear favorite. The North? is interesting because the north is pretty good you got a lot of teams in there they love to scrap they love to compete they love cold weather they love warm weather these are teams that know what it takes to win i kind of want to pick new hampshire just because of like the program the program pride the fact that they're scrappers i think the undercuffler the undercuffler was very good at throwing underneath routes that were taken 65 yards for touchdowns he's a good player but i i don't know about albany long term I don't even, I don't remember. Rhode Island, no. Maine, no. Stony Brook, oh, no. Stony Brook, maybe, actually. Don't but, disrespect uh, my Rhode Island roadies. They were in every single game they played in last season. That's, that doesn't sound right. Jamie, I think Jamie beat them by 40. Yeah, they were in it at one point. <laughs> at one point, up. it was tied. Hey, they had three guys go to the draft combine. I don't know if you heard. Yeah, but did any of them, are any of them on rosters? All three of them are starters. <laughs> that is not true, by the way. Um, but I think that, uh, yeah, I can't remember the six teams, so I'll take New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, Villanova. Villanova's way better. Take me Villanova. I forgot they were in the north. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> <why. laughs> You've been a Villanova fanboy since the CAA came out yesterday for all for <laughs> the full 24 hours. And... North <laughs> um, Yeah, JMU easily. Do you think JMU... Wins out? Do you think they go six and zero in conference? I think they would go six and zero. I think they win the national championship. I think they win out. I think Cole Johnson gets drafted number one overall. And um, so you think Cole's the starter? Cole's definitely the starter. That's not even a question at this point. I think it throws it back in question. Um, yeah, JMU's. I think JMU might actually drop one. I think they might be be five and one in conference. Who are they losing to? Whoever they play twice. You think they're going to lose to Richmond if they play Richmond twice? No. I think they might um, actually – I don't know. Like, I just feel like they're going to drop a game. Like, I feel like somewhere... this team isn't as good as – I shouldn't say that, actually. Um, this team is really good, but I think there's going to be a drop-off from last season that, like, is a lot more than we expected. Really? Where's the, where are they dropping off? D-line. No, no, no. They've Secondary. got the Minnesota transfer. They have Mike Green in the middle. They have Ukwu coming back from his knee injury, and now he has more time to recover. 
off the edge. He was supposed to be like DACA's clone, but then he tore his ACL or whatever. I don't know if that's correct. I think he hurt his knee. Um, there's someone else I'm missing on the D-line that I really like. Oh, oh, Green. He was a freshman last year. Really good recruit. Think he's going to be good. Maybe a little drop-off, but they're going to be elite. Linebackers. They lost an NFL-caliber player. Two NFL-caliber players. There's going to be a drop-off on the D-line. They, the Minnesota transfer. The Temple transfer. Colclo or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. He's good. I mean, they're loaded on D-line. They're loaded. Okay. Talk to me about the secondary then. There was a huge drop-off from 20... 18 to 2019. 2019 to 2020, they then lost Rashad. The extra fall preparation gives them more time to know what they're doing. That secondary was bad last season. No, that's not true. No, 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 no. They yes, struggled They struggled early, but by the end of the season, they were pretty decent. What Trey Lance ate them for lunch. I mean, granted, the D-line was, was all running. He was like 14 yards. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's that was completely wrong by me. <laughs> It was like third and 23, and they recovered so well that he took off because we decided not to use a quarterback's buy or anything to prevent him from running. Or any contain. I think at this point I'm just, like, digging myself a really deep hole by, like – I think it's more likely they go 6-0 and in this week south than it is they go 5-1. and um, I think I just wanted to be different. Yeah, <laughs> I think the drop-off drop take is probably true. But I think offensively, I think they have a chance to be just insane. I – with I think they I think they might average like 400 yards rushing a game like honestly, offensive line is good. If they go with Gage the rushing attack, like I think they might throw the ball. They're gonna be like a like an option team. They're gonna throw the ball like four times a game. Um, if this was a regular CAA season, I would say they drop one CAA game. But I I do have to keep in mind that they're playing the bad CAA teams, um, in Richmond, Delaware, William and Mary, Elon. Towson's going to be bad. Um, so, yeah, they're 6-0 in conference. It would be a surprise if they dropped one. But, I, I don't know, 8-0 to finish the season, I believe. Um, in the north, I talked a long time on the south. On the north, I think Albany. I'm a big believer in the undercuffler. Um, I think they have a good coach. I think undercuffler and the coach really go well together. Albany did lose their top two. What? What's their coach's name? Um, love their coach. Who is he? I know what he looks like. <laughs> All right. Um, no, but I do like Albany. They did lose their top two receivers, if I'm not mistaken. That's gonna hurt. Which is. But I have a feeling the way they scheme that offense, it doesn't really matter who the receivers are. Um, we'll see. I think I'll think Albany. Just just so I have somewhat of a different opinion of yours, Albany wins the North but that won't mean anything because there's no championship game and JMU will go to the playoffs. Albany might get an at-large. Circling back to the secondary, you got Wayne Davis, who I forgot. Pretty darn good. He's more of a spur, though. MJ Hampton. He was very good at the end of last season. He was. They added a UMass transfer and JoJo Norwood. Great name. So those are just the safeties, and I'm scrolling to find the corners, and I haven't gotten there yet, but when I do, man... Here we go. Wesley McCormick, experienced, talented. You've got Jamari Currents. He has some experience. Does he? Horace Carroll. Wait, I don't. Jamari Currents has played a game? I think so. 
was like a <laughs> Played in eight games last year. Really? Yeah, he's been in there. And uh, so you'll probably have, it'll probably be McCormick and Carroll, Taurus Carroll. That's your two starters. And then you're going to have like Davis at the little spur thing. And then you'll have Hampton as one of the safeties. Pretty good. Did take that. Did Currents play corner or was he on special team snaps in those eight games? <laughs> Look, that, that's not something that we need to like go into or, or dive into. Well, he um, was like a he was like a very like coveted recruit. I thought he came you. He was he was definitely uh, special teams, but I don't know if he saw a time at corner. Okay. Well, I do know, like, coming out of high school, he was supposed to be really good. So, like, yeah. he should they're be loaded. good. They're loaded. They got a ton of freshmen. So, I guess – I think the secondary is probably your issue. And then maybe linebacker. But I, I'm interested in the D-line with the uh, – I just don't know how to pronounce the Minnesota Minnesota transfer's last name. You also don't know it's, how to pronounce Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> but I really like this guy. I think he's going to be a beast off the end. Okay. So – if he plays, but then they've also got, I mean, they got some guys. I think they'll be fine. <laughs> I would hope they have some guys be bad. They, if they ran out with three guys on their D line and four in the secondary. This is an elite football team and they don't plan on loot. They're young. They're young. They're good. I do think they're going to go to the national championship. Yes, of course. Um, well, I actually, okay. So I'm interested to see how the spring works because it starts conference ish in like march so then we were talking april doesn't the first goes in may like the championships in may sure i don't know when the nfl draft is or if they're moving it but like does trey lance play for north dakota state in the spring the combine is normally in february you think they're just going to keep it all he might be able to do combine and then come back and play games though if he wanted to NCAA though is he allowed to? Oh, probably. I have no idea. Maybe they might have like an acceptable. Yeah, but I mean, he might not even want to if he's if he plays well in this game, he's going to make an absurd amount of money. He's like a top fifteen pick. I don't think Trey Lance is playing in the spring. So then I think North Dakota State takes a pretty decent step back because they expected him for a full season. Like I don't know what their progression plan. They might have even expected him for more. I don't know if they thought he was going to go pro after just three years. In two years, just a start. I don't know him. I think they'll probably take a step back. Well, let's while we while we break down the JMU roster. Why don't we? Why don't I head on over to the North Dakota State? Um, speaking of North Dakota State, yeah, while I pull this up, this yeah. this podcast, I think we've kind of hit hit all the nails on the head. Now we're kind of are patented off the rails at the end. Jabril Cox in the LSU game. LSU did lose because KJ Costello decided to throw for a million yards. Um, but Jabril Cox looked pretty good. He had a pick six. Impressive. Did you hear the announcer kept referring to NDSU as Division Three? <laughs> I mean, basically. They're, I mean, State to me is like a Division Three team. They're just not that good. They were definitely going to beat Oregon this year if that game was played. 110%. They're a very good program. Trey okay. Lance is the kind of guy that, uh, you know, he would never – he's not a JMU quarterback. He's not that good, but he is a very, very talented guy. Trey Lance? 
Yeah. I mean, at JMU, like, Danucci was drafted. Danucci's an NFL QB. Trey Lance right now, he's still in college. Um, so they have Trey Lance as their starter. Makes sense, yeah. Um, but he's not going to be here. Yeah, we don't want him in the spring. He's done. Logan Gratz, a redshirt freshman, 6'4", 212. You got a freshman, um, a, a true freshman, and Cam Miller, 6'1", 206. Oh, you got an Iowa State transfer. Oh, that guy, yeah, he lost out to him. Oh, he's going to be the guy. I forgot about him. What's his name? Zeb. Yeah, no. he's, he's, actually, he's actually respectable. All right, they're not going to be that bad. Uh, I, totally I thought he was gone. I thought he was a one-year guy. North Dakota State doesn't rebuild. They retool. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, well, that hurts. That's a blow. All right, I don't know. I don't think they'll – they probably won't win the national championship, to be honest with you. But they'll uh, they'll do their best. Uh, let's start our Frisco um, fun now. So if you're still listening to this, uh, Venmo, Bennett, or I, five bucks. Yeah. Um, we'll put it towards it. We'll rent a car, and we'll drive down because – We'll cover the game from the press box. Could you imagine if – I feel like – we might be able to get credentials. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that. Maybe not. I feel like we could hit up some SIDs for JMU and they could hook us up. You think they would hook us up? Probably not. I have my doubts. <laughs> Maybe, though. Hey, there's only one way to find out. You have to ask. You know what we have to do? Actually make content. Yeah, we've been kind of slacking. I haven't written anything in a really long time. But they're not playing sports in our defense. <laughs> that was my next thing. Like, there's literally nothing to write about. My last one was um, on men's basketball. God, they, <laughs> men's basketball is going to win the national championship. They're an early contender. And I mean, un- unfortunately, the ACC idea of every team getting in seemed to be washed. Because <laughs> that, was, that was dumb. But I guess we'll see what happens. Uh. Anything else to add in this podcast? I feel like we've kind of hit the wall at the end here. Yeah, I mean, look, Trey Lance is, is a good player. Not a great player. If the Lions draft him, though, I'm all in on him. Maybe here's a quick lightning round of some college football questions to end this out. Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance. Justin Fields. Give me the order they're getting drafted. It should go Lawrence Fields Lance. It should, but what do you think? Lawrence Fields Lance. I think that (laughs) he's... He's very good. Like, he's super good. But I think Lawrence is, like, a no-brainer, number one. Like, he can run. He can throw. He's been doing this against the best of the best for a few years now. Um, And then you've got Fields, super athletic. I just like the body of work for them in terms of competition level. I think you've got a lot more to go off of than you do with Lance. Felipe Franks, are you a believer or not a believer of his time in Arkansas? They're going to beat Mississippi State this weekend. Um... KJ Costello, was that a flash in the pan, or do you think the Mike Leach offense is going to succeed in the SEC? 
they're gonna lose to Arkansas. So <laughs> I think that they'll they'll put up some points, but their defense is not great, and he's not throwing for six hundred yards every week. LSU is the most overrated team to enter this season by far. Kyle Trask, good or not good? Kyle Trask is an NFL quarterback. I would I would draft Kyle Trask in the third round. Um, Clemson, best team in the country? No. Who is? North Dakota State, the Bison. If they play a full schedule, man, unbelievable. Who's number two right now? I haven't seen Alabama play. They have played a game, but I didn't watch They played Mizzou, so, like, take that with a grain of salt, but they absolutely... Who's their quarterback? Mizzou? Not Kelly Bryant anymore. No, no. Alabama. Oh, um... No idea. Georgia quarterback situation. Do you like Stetson, or do you like JT Daniels, or do you like their other guy? Their quarterbacks are terrible. What happened to Daniels? Why didn't he play? Is he not eligible yet? JT. Is that JT? Yeah. Um, he was injured. Mm. Who's the third guy? Whoever they started, they benched. And then, like, Stetson something. Is, is his name Bennett? I heard that. Maybe. Let me, well, let me double check that. Because if so, I, I would take him number one before. Before the 1930s train robber, JT Daniels. Stetson Bennett. Yes. His first name is Stetson. Well, that's not... That's kind of lame. I think Georgia stinks. All right, lightning round for you. All the same questions. Start with the Lawrence Fields Lance one. I don't remember the questions, so I'm going to need you to run them back to me. Um, Lawrence Lance Fields to me. That's a hot take. Okay, why? I think North Dakota State is a pipeline for FCS quarterbacks. I mean, look, they have Carson Wentz, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. I mean, he's just absolutely tearing it up this season. You got Easton Stick, the coin flip master in that OT game against the Chiefs. Um, And then Trey Lance, he's going to step in. No, I do think Trey Lance has um, some good skill sets that will go to the next level. Talent-wise, I think it goes Lawrence Fields, Lance, but I feel like some random team's going to fall in love with Lance and there's going to be some weird thing that comes out on Fields. Um, Talent-wise, Lawrence Fields, Lance. Draft-wise, Lawrence, Lance, Fields. Interesting. Next one, Mississippi State. Are they real? Are they good? Are they unbelievable? Um, I think they're good. I think the SEC hasn't really seen a Mike Leach-type offense. Do I think they're winning all their games? No. Do I think KJ Costello will translate to the next level? No. Um, but I think he's going to put up a lot of yards this season, and I think they're going to kind of make some waves in the SEC. Wow. What about Kyle Trask at Florida? The Gators are actually probably going to win the national championship. The Gators are looking really good. I like Kyle Trask. I like what Florida's doing. Kyle Pitts apparently is fantastic. Ooh, Kyle Pitts is a god. So he's their Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> He's a superstar. Who else? What else did you ask? Georgia. What do you think about Georgia? Great defense. Terrible offense. Mm-hmm. Um, UVA? UVA so... No, I think Virginia Tech's going to destroy UVA when they play. That is a hot take. Bro, Tech... I mean, I know NC State's trash, but like... Tech was missing 23 guys and still just absolutely obliterated NC State. Virginia Tech goes legitimately three deep at quarterback, and it's insane. Like, I don't think UVA is all that good based off of um, 
What what one of their beat reporters is saying is that like UVA isn't as good as Clemson and Virginia Tech is as good as Clemson. So, <laughs> um, last question for you. Oh, I also asked about Felipe Franks to you. Um, I think he's in his fiftieth year at quarterback. I wish him success at Arkansas, but I don't think Arkansas is going to be good. BYU, are they for real? BYU is a national championship caliber program. Uh, my oh, our, let's end on our uh, our playoff four. Me, BYU, UCF. Stop, stop. Is that serious? Yes, BYU, UCF, Florida, Miami. It's like a lot of the Sunshine State. And then you got BYU. Are you serious with that four, though? I think it's a lock. That's the four most deserving right now. Okay, I'm going to go my four, but I'm going to be serious with my four. (laughs) Florida, Alabama, Clemson, Texas. Texas is not getting in. I like that four, though. I prefer the Florida, fantastic Florida, where you got UCF, you got Miami, you got Florida, and you got Florida State just on the outside. And then BYU just clips them. Miami, though, is really good. They're going to lose to Clemson by, like, 40. Hey. Yeah. That kill. <laughs> okay. And they, they, they do. Any other college football hot takes? Right now, who is your starting quarterback for Jamie? Last question. My head saying Cole, my heart saying Gage. I'm gonna go with Cole. Yep, Cole is the locked-in starter. I think he he rises up draft boards. I think he ends up sneaking in, goes number three overall uh, to the Seahawks, who fade late. Um, Russell just doesn't get it done on the stretch. They implement Cole, leads him to a Super Bowl, as they can finally have a quarterback who is a leader, who's a consistent. The issue with Russ is he can't throw the ball downfield. I think that's where Cole would really help as he throws a heck of a deep ball, which, you know, Metcalf is struggling. He's not able to really reach his peak right now with Russell um, as the quarterback. Funny how much a Lions fan uh, makes up lies. <laughs> <laughs> I know bad football when I see it. When I watch Seattle, man, do I see <laughs> And Matt, that's what we're going to have to end this episode on. But Bennett is a liar. Go Seahawks for winning the Super Bowl this season. Just like Jamie's winning the national championship. For Bennett Conlon, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Talk to you next time, whenever that is, because we have no idea when news will break in the world of SES football. See ya. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.